In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't think that it's too much of a stretch to say that our culture is dominated by fear and that it has trickled down into our own personal lives. Dean Limehouse mentioned in his sermon last week the parishioner who wrote to him an email saying that they were glad that the Birmingham News wasn't published daily anymore because the news was simply too dark and depressing to read every day. And last week, while I was listening to NPR, I heard a conversation about how the chart-topping pop songs of 2012 had mostly to do with fear and pessimism in the future, and so articulated an eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die type of mindset. But regardless of your demographic, fear is a reality in all of our lives, and it can be overwhelming And it can be consuming. This morning we have a word from the Lord in the book of Isaiah who says to us, fear not. Now, fear not is something that is hard for us to believe as human beings. Early on in my marriage, when my wife would have a concern about something being taken care of or a general fear, I would say to her, don't worry about it, I'm on it. Now, it's not that she didn't trust me. It's just rather than hearing, don't fear, she, like all of us, wanted to see and feel that there was no reason to fear. Words simply are not enough for those of us who know what it means to live in a world dominated by fear. And we have in Isaiah 43 this morning, two very graphic images, very vivid, of what it means to fear. The images of water and fire. This water that has the potential to overwhelm. This fire that has the potential to consume. Now, a little Sunday school VBS question. How many of you know the stories of the great exploits of the Israelite navy? There were none. There was no name. In fact, when the Bible talks about water, especially in the Old Testament, it's always in terms of judgment and great fear. The psalmist writes about being in the water and not feeling like he has a foothold and feeling the waves overcoming him. In the Old Testament, we have Noah and the ark and the water covering the earth. When I was younger, we were growing up around the Chesapeake Bay and Uh, We would go skiing, and I was about 10, and I'd been so many times, I thought, I don't need a life jacket. And so I set off and uh, had a pretty bad crash, and uh, my skis went one way, and I went the other, and there I was in the middle of the bay, disoriented, without skis, and the feeling of not knowing which way was up, being in very deep water, not having a foothold, and overcome and overwhelmed with a sense of fear of what's going to happen next. And so to fire. It's not until recently that we've had fire departments who could come and put out fire. And even uh, recently, uh, we still see fires that consume. There was no Nazareth volunteer fire department uh, to come and put out the fire in your neighborhood. 
just this week, I was reading about the fires that have ravaged Tasmania in South, in, uh, I almost said South Carolina, that's pretty close, uh, and, um, and Australia, and uh, about the grandparents who took their five grandchildren and had to leave their beachfront home and run and jump into the ocean to avoid the wildfires that were ravaging and burned their neighborhood down and about having to push their grandchildren under the water in order to avoid the smoke and the heat of the flames as they watched their houses burnt to sunders and as they watched the edge of the ocean itself boil and steam. If you've lived on this earth for any amount of time, you know what it feels like to be nearly overwhelmed and consumed with fear, not knowing where to turn, how to manage it, what to do. And what is it that you fear? I think a pretty good indicator of this is what wakes you up in the middle of the night. You know, if you were to wake up in the middle of the night and turn on the television, what do you see on TV? Craftmatic adjustable bed, Ginsu knives, and Tony Robbins. And I wish that I could say that those people are only on at 3 a.m. because it's cheap airtime, but they're smart. They know who is up in the middle of the night. You're up in the middle of the night because you can't sleep, because you have a bad back and you need Craftmatic. Or you might need a product that is going to make your life easier and be a solution to all of your problems, like a knife set. Or you're spiritually searching for something that is going to fill your life, that is going to dispel your fears and let you know that everything is all right. Whatever it is that wakes you up in the middle of the night, this is the thing that you really fear. And it has gripped your life. And it's a real fear. They're often not misplaced. Isaiah tells us when the water comes, when the fire comes, it's coming. But what happens when it comes? And we all have mechanisms in dealing with fear, trying to control the situation, manifesting passive-aggressive behavior, retreating, getting angry, showing signs of aggression. Whatever our attempts are in dealing with fear, we find that it only makes things worse because we know deep down inside it's not enough to dispel it. And the Lord says to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. No matter how far away we are, no matter what our attempts are, nothing will dispel the fear that grips our lives. And we can say this even as Christians. And on the one hand we say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. And yet we feel this close to being overwhelmed and consumed. We find in Isaiah 43 that the Lord uses the double name of Jacob... He calls him Jacob and Israel. And he actually does this 13 times in chapters 40 through 49. And if you remember the story from Genesis 35, God Almighty reveals himself to Jacob and says, I will give you a new name and I will bless you. No longer will I call you Jacob. I will call you Israel. Now, if you know anything about Jacob, he's got some seedy moments in his life. 
He's not one to be trusted. And it's very plain and clear that this blessing that God gives him, he in no way lives up to being Israel. He doesn't deserve it. He hasn't earned this blessing. And yet, in God's infinite mercy and grace, He bestows it upon Jacob. And like Jacob, He says to us this morning, I know you're a Jacob. I know who you are. But I call you Israel. I call you blessed. I call you redeemed. Don't fear, because I am with you. Don't fear because you are precious in my sight. Don't fear because what I have done for you in the past. But ultimately, do not fear because I have redeemed you. The heart of this word to us this morning is ultimately found in the blood of Jesus Christ. Only in this can there be any meaning to the command, do not fear. Fear not. He's not just paying us lip service, but in fact, when it looked like the waters were going to overwhelm us, God stepped in in Jesus Christ and He was overwhelmed in our stead. When the fire was this close to burning and consuming us, He stepped in and He was burned and consumed for us. We were bought with a price and holy and fully redeemed so that when those trials come, they may seem like they are going to consume, they may seem like they are going to overwhelm, but they will not because there is one who has been consumed and burned and rent asunder for us so that we might live and fear not. And this morning He says to us, Perfect love cast out all fear. Though you are a Jacob, I call you Israel, and I love you with a burning desire and compassion for you, enough to die for you. If you're like me, you go to Walmart every once in a while, and I'm convinced that you take your children to Walmart to spank them or lose them. And... If you've ever had the opportunity to see a lost child, some of you may have experienced this yourselves, at Walmart, it's, it's pretty intense, and normally I see the parent, but on a couple of occasions, I've seen the child. And the look in the child's face of sheer terror and utter fear that all is lost, even if it's for 30 seconds, That rescue is nowhere to be found. And so they cry out for their parent. And when they see their parent, the tears begin to flow. Out of relief and out of joy. Because they've been rescued from their lostness. They've been rescued from the overwhelming waters. They've been rescued from the consuming fire. And they know that in the arms of their parent, they are safe. Isaiah 43 tells us this morning to pray for hearts like a little child lost in Walmart. That when the waters are rising and the fires are getting close, that we scream and cry out for our Redeemer. For we know that He seeks us out, that we are precious in His sight, and that He's come to redeem us. And when we see Him, we run headlong into His arms because in His arms we know that we are safe safe. 
and the water and the fire and the trials of life, though they come near, we can fear not because we have been redeemed and rescued. And so listen. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. In this world of fear, children of God, fear not. Amen.